she she got me to do it this time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> she yawned, and then I was like, "Oh God, we got to start this." <laughs> Hashtag yawn gang. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, honey. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You ready to learn some stuff about the Bible today? Mm, are you? What? 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 I mean, I was in the same meeting you were in, mm-hmm. where I was telling you what is going to happen in the Bible today. Yeah. Uh huh. So I'm just going to. Why don't you tell everybody else? Okay. That sounds, that sounds like a good plan right there. Okay. (laughs) All right. So last time, Jerry had a pity party and a bitch fit, but then ended up praising God anyways. Praise Jesus. Yep. Not yet. (laughs) We're going to take a little bit of a break from Jerry's story though, and we're going to go over to, uh, Kings and Chronicles. Uh, It's two Kings and, Second Chronicles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so jo- Josiah. Um, the, sorry, the reason that we just have to cut in for a second. The reason that we're cutting in and doing this is because, well, that the book is cutting in and doing this is so you can see the impacts that Jeremiah's prophecies and preaching are having on Judah. Yeah. So try to try to connect the two because I didn't. Anyways. I mean, that's how I started our meeting. No, no, I I know oh. you said that. Uh, I'm just saying, like during the meeting, like I still didn't see a connection oh. between the two. So, oh, okay. Know, maybe we can elaborate during the podcast. Well, it's just uh, it's just showing you that. Um, well, to be fair, I agree because of what happens when they find the thing. Okay, you go ahead. You're, okay, you're not wrong. <laughs> I talked myself. I talked myself out of it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josiah is king. And uh, Josiah ends up picking up a side quest to go and clean the land with a broom. Uh, they then go to the temple. I got it back. The reason that Josiah, this whole thing starts off and Josiah wants to try to restore the temple is because of Jeremiah's prophecies. Okay. So he kind of kicks it off. Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. I knew <clears throat> I had a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I usually do. <laughs> so they end up going to the temple, and he turns into Tim the Toolman Taylor and tries to repair it. But upon figuring out that he's not really a handyman, Josiah eventually hires contractors for the job. So Josiah has the priest take his money and just says, we're just not going to talk about this ever again, okay? Then a hillbilly priest found the laws given to Moses under a couch they had in the rec room. The hillbilly then gave it to the secretary he just so happened to be banging that week. What? Yep. The hillbilly priest uh, updated Josiah on everything, including the laws of Moses that was found underneath the couch. Uh, Josiah was so upset by this that he stripped naked. Uh, The hillbilly priest then goes to a witch and asks for a favor. This is so not what we talked about. <clears throat> the witch uh, then warns him because she's not going to be giving out favors. Uh, she just gives out, you know, prophecy? Warnings? Something like that. Anyways, the, the witch warns him that God is going to shed holy fire on all of them. Just go see God right out the clouds. Since jo- Josiah stripped naked, his death will be peaceful and before the shit fire rains from heaven. 
Then they all pinky swear that they will follow God's laws. You think God just wants to see people naked? Well, yeah. I mean, that, why do you think whenever they get upset, they're like, ah, I got to strip naked for God and shake my ass. That's not what happens. They twerk for God. They go face down, ass up, and they twerk their ass for him. They know what he likes. I mean, the face down, ass up part is right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure know- that it mentions the twerking. And they know what he likes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the hillbilly priest then goes and removes all of the pagan idols from the temple. And uh, honestly, he was really kind of confused as to how they got there. Um, then he went to Bethel and just all of the towns around just drunkenly burning everything that was pagan. <laughs> In Tofilth, he took a shit on the altar of balls. And then he shit on people's uh, tombs and their bones. He was super drunk. Or, or he, he was drunk on God's power. Okay. <clears throat> oh, and then the hillbilly priest, he goes to Samaria and he utterly slaughters all of the priests for God. All, all of the priests of other religions, not all of the Yahweh priests. I don't know if Yahweh priests exist in Samaria. All of the high priests that sucked other gods' dicks, he killed them. Because that's what God loves. Because my God is a blood God. He spills blood from heaven above. You know that song? Not that version. (laughs) Uh, Then the hillbilly priest comes back to Judah or Israel? Judah. Judah. and Jerusalem. uh, uh, Jerusalem, and he he parties on Passover, and then Josiah becomes an anal king, and that's it for today. <clears throat> it's a long one, a little bit. Yeah, it's a little long. You, uh, I mean, we're gonna have to go over it. What? Yeah, there were a few things you just got a little bit wrong. You what? did get some things right, like like defecating on the tombs and the altar to balls. No. That's not I could have sworn you said defecate. I did not. I said desecrate. Oh. Whatever. Uh, we'll see you guys here in a minute. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So, um, as you heard, I'm a little wrong. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, you say desecrate, but I cannot help but to picture him defecating on the tombs. And yeah, everything. no, that's that's why you do the intro because oh. I tell you things, and then your mind like warps them into this crazy ass version, and then we clarify. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm I'm ready to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, like like uh, GE said earlier, we ended last time off where Jeremiah was have there was a plot against him and he was pissed off about it. He felt betrayed. Then he had himself a pity party, which ended up in him praising God because Jeremiah is weird like that. So this time doesn't really have any. It doesn't follow on like after that. Mm-hmm. 
But we're going to see some of the impacts of Jeremiah's preaching. And really, you're just going to see that at the very beginning, because once G and I kind of walked through it a little bit, he's kind of right that most of the impact of what you see happening has more to do with finding the book of the law of the, the laws of Moses. Uh-huh. You're, you're going to find, well, not really the laws of Moses, the laws of God as given to Moses, right? Uh-huh. So you're going to see more impacts from that specifically, but it starts off because the King Josiah, uh-huh. and this is at this point, we're in his 18th year of him being King. He realizes like he hears Josiah's preaching and he feels like maybe they need to make some changes to try to avoid fire and brimstone. Right. Right. Okay. So we're going to start off and this is kind of jumbled because as you know, uh, this particular version is based off of the NIV, but it's, uh, it's compiled chronologically Mm-hmm. vice read outright, right? So we've got okay. a little bit blended in here of two Kings 22. I think we're going to hit 23 and uh second Chronicles 34 and 35, but it's going to kind of go back and forth to put the story together. So the story is more comprehensive. Okay. Okay. So here we go. You ready? I'm my buttholes are puckered. Okay. In the 18th year of Josiah's reign to purify the land and the temple, he sent uh, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, and Maesiah, Siah, Maesiah, I have no idea, the ruler of the city with Joah, son of Johaz, the recorder, whew, to repair... <laughs> All of these people were here. There were a bunch of fucking people there, right? Yeah. Uh, to uh, the recorder to repair the temple of the Lord his God. Go and this is um, this is Josiah speaking. Go up to Hilkiah the high priest and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the temple and have these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders and the masons also have them purchase timber and dressed stone to repair the temple. But they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest in their dealings. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a weird perspective, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, Here, do this with the money, give it to them, but you don't have to account for anything. Seems kind of strange. <clears throat> yeah, it seems a little fishy. Like, uh, maybe somebody's going to be doing something a little weird with it. Yeah. So, they went to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the temple of God, which the Levites, who were the gatekeepers, had collected from the people of Manasseh, Ephraim, and the entire remnant of Israel from all the people of Judah and Benjamin and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then they entrusted it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the Lord's temple. These men paid the workers who repaired and restored the temple. They also gave money to the carpenters, the builders, the carpenters and builders to purchase dressed stone and timber for joists and beams for the buildings that the king of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. Well, not just the king, the kings, like the kings in previous uh, um, Josiah's ancestors, right? Right. Um, so they were repairing the things that had fallen into ruin. 
The workers labored faithfully. Over them to direct them were Jahath uh, and Obadiah. Levites descended from Merari and Zechariah and Meshulam descended from Kohath. Because that matters (laughs) to the story. (laughs) The Levites, all who were skilled in playing musical instruments, had charge of the laborers and supervised all the workers from job to job. Some of the Levites were secretaries, scribes, and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money Mm -hmm. that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah, the, the high priest, found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Uh Hilkiah said to Shaphan, whatever, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan who read it. Then Shaphan took it, took the book to the king and reported to him. Your officials are doing everything that has been committed to them. They have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the supervisors and workers. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king. Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, uh, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary. There's two dudes named Shaphan, just so it's less confusing. Okay. And Asaiah, the, mm-hmm. the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that has poured out on us because of those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in the book. So he wants to know from a prophet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, What's going to become of them? What because of like what's written in this book? This is the first time they're seeing it. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me because these people have been expected for the last, say, I don't know, maybe 300 years or so to follow the rules in the book of the law that they, one, have never seen, two, didn't fucking know existed, three, certainly didn't know it was in the temple because they just randomly found it there. Yeah. And they they weren't following anything in it. So because they didn't know. Uh-huh. So to me, especially if you look at well, I don't know how Judaism feels about this particular thing. But in Christianity, if you don't know, like that's one of the reasons that they spread the word. Right. Because if you don't know, you can't be held accountable for. Right. Is that not the case in Christianity? If you don't know, you can't be held accountable In some denominations, I think so. Okay. Um, I think that there are other denominations that feel like if, uh, you know, if uh, you have to go and tell them, uh, you you end up having to go and tell them so that they can make the choice for themselves whether to go to hell or go to heaven. Well, I mean, whether to do what they need to do to right. go to heaven. And right. if they don't do that, then they go to hell. Right. So, I mean, there's there's definitely split theologies on it. Okay. So, but they're being expected by God to, to do this. I mean, the prophecies that Jeremiah are getting, he's getting them now. They're not from 300 years ago when the people knew what was going on and mm-hmm. chose differently. Yeah. It was, this is the culture now, be, and nobody knows the word. Right. Nobody knows the laws. And so 
it's interesting because it's interesting to think too, because then you think about how they're hearing Jeremiah and all the other prophets that are saying all these wild ass things about how destruction will be brought upon them because they haven't done the things they're supposed to do. It's like, how the fuck do we know what we're supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like I, it seems even more bizarre. It, it, it would seem more bizarre hearing these prophets mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing that you're doing wrong. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Except, I mean, the prophet, to be fair, the prophets do tell them don't praise other gods. Mm-hmm. The prophets do tell them that. But as far as following all of the other laws, I mean, these are, they get really down into the weeds. Like God gets real down into the weeds about this shit. Like oh. what parts of the fucking cattle you're allowed to eat and what parts you have to burn and who, what parts you're supposed to give to the Levites and what parts you can eat. Like it's super, it's, it's very detailed. Yeah. Well also I know it's been said in pr- with previous Kings um, so far that, you know, like you'd have a bad king mm-hmm. and then a new king arises and it's like and he did right in the eyes of God. But how would he have known? Yeah, if if this was stuck underneath the couch in the rec room of the temple, <laughs> how are they supposed to freaking know like how to do right by God? Did they just guess and just so happen to guess correctly? I mean Yeah, I don't know. This seems like a gap. And, uh, a plot hole. Plot yeah. hole, yeah. It's definitely a plot. It's a hole of some kind. <laughs> Okay, are you ready to continue? Oh, am I ever. Okay. So Hilkiah and those that the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophet, which really it's prophetess, mm-hmm. Hulda, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tokath, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. <laughs> he's the closet kid. Well, so like to me, I'm thinking he's watching guard over the wardrobe. <laughs> to Narnia. To Narnia. <laughs> Don't thou go in there. Weird shit abounds. Well, like, to be fair, like, I want to <laughs> find this guy so I can get to the wardrobe so I can go see Shannon. <laughs> As we all know, Shannon Q lives in Narnia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So she lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. The, um, not Shannon. Hold up. <laughs> the prophetess. <laughs> That's where she lived. So she said to them, to the all the kings, all the king's men that came, right? Mm-hmm. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Tell the man who sent you to me, which is Josiah the king. Yeah. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its, and its people. All the curses written in the book that has been read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all that their hands have made, my anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you've heard. Uh Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people, and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Now I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place and all those who live here. So they took her answer back to the king. So, like, what I'm hearing here is tell the king that God says he's going to kill him first. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm hearing. 
Well, yeah. So uh, that's definitely what it sounds like. It's like uh, I'm gonna. I'm. Don't worry. I'm gonna kill you peacefully and lay you to rest peacefully before I fuck this place up. But here's what's fucked up. Now this is a spoiler into next week. Mm-hmm. But Josiah, yeah, is not. He does not die peacefully. He dies in battle. Okay. So like I. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but point is, he's not going to see the total destruction, right? Uh He's not going to see that. So when they come back, they tell him everything. The king called together all the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in his in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pledge themselves to it. All the people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenants of covenant of god the god of their ancestors so now they're all covenant renewed right Mm -hmm. but we still have problems okay as we have in the past even if the people are like yeah we're gonna do the right thing and we're gonna pray only to god and in his temple but you know if they don't remove all of the idols and the poles and all of the high places and all the shit that they do for other gods God's still mad, right? So Josiah brings about sweeping reforms because of the book of Moses or because of the book, the book of the law. Yeah. So all naked and dirty and shit, he walks right out of the, out of the castle, whatever in the hell that he lives. He he busts out of there and big dick swinging around. He's like, we're going to clean this place up. And then he's like, get that shit down. Move that shit over there. God is pissed. That's what he did. Okay. I mean, I can't necessarily prove you wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) So the king ordered... We're just going to move on, (laughs) y'all. So the king ordered Hilkiah, the high priest, the priests next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal and Asherah Mm -hmm. and all the starry hosts. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. He did away with the, uh, with the idolatrous priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on the high places of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem. Those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and the moon, to the constellations, and to all the starry hosts. He took the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to Kidron Valley outside of Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground it to powder and scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were in the temple of the Lord, the quarters where women did weaving for Asherah. So apparently there were male prostitutes, shrine prostitutes, in the quarters where the women did the weaving for Asherah. Mm. Yeah. So that sounds like an interesting place. <laughs> 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 Josiah brought all the priests from the towns of Judah and desecrated. Yeah, took a shit. No. Oh. 
the high places, from Geba to Beersheba, where the priests had burned the incense. He broke down the gateway at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the city governor, which was on the left of the city gate, because that's important. Although the priests of the high places did not serve at the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. He desecrated Topheth, which was in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, so no one could use it to sacrifice their son or daughter in the fire to Molech. He removed from the entrance of the temple of the Lord the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were in the court near the room of an official named Nathan Melech. Josiah then burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. He pulled down the altars the kings of Judah had erected on the roof near the upper room of Ahaz, the altars Manasseh had built in the two courts of the temple of the Lord. He removed them from there, smashed them to pieces, and threw the rubble into the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the high places that were east of Jerusalem on the south of the hill of corruption. The one Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, for uh, Chemish, the vile god of Moab, and for Molab, or Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. Josiah smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles and covered the sites with human bones. Furthermore, Josiah got rid of them. Yes, he covered everything with human bones. I don't know where he got them, but that's what he did. <laughs> don't ask a crazy-ass hillbilly where they get the human bones from. <laughs> you won't like the answer. <laughs> Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. This he did to fulfill the requirements of the law written in the book that Hilkiah the priest had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the territory belonging to the Israelites, and he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. I mean, basically, if a king smashes in a door and comes in there naked, screaming to get all this shit out of there, you just sort of obey him. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine that would be so. Yeah, you just don't question the naked king that's pissed off. Or you'll get pissed on. Or shit on, apparently. Or shit on. He bend over and launch it. <laughs> this is too much. This is we're gonna continue. Even the altar at Bethel. So this is in Samaria, mm -hmm. right? So even the altar at Bethel, the high place made by Jeroboam son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. Even that altar and high place he demolished. He burned the high place and ground it to powder. He burned the Asherah pole also. Then Josiah looked around, and when he saw the tombs that were on the hillside, he had the bones removed from them and burned them on the altar to defile it, in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaimed by the man of God who foretold these things. The king asked, What is that tombstone I see? The people of the city said, it marks the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and pronounced against the altar of Bethel the very things you have done to it. Leave it alone, he said. Don't let anyone disturb his bones. So they spared his bones and those of the prophet who had come from Samaria. Just as he had done at Bethel, Josiah removed all the shrines of the high places that the kings of Israel had built in in the towns of Samaria that had aroused the Lord's anger. Josiah slaughtered all of the priests of those high places on the altars and burned their bones on them. Then he went back to Jerusalem. So he had himself a little uh, holiday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say the holiday is a good way to describe that. <laughs> 
And when he goes back to Jerusalem, he decides, well, he doesn't decide because the calendar matters, but they celebrate the Passover for like the first time in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. So we're going to continue. Josiah celebrated the Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem and the Passover lamb was slaughtered on the 14th day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their duties and encouraged them in the service of the Lord's temple. He said to the Levites who instructed all Israel and who had been consecrated to the Lord, put the sacred ark in the temple that Solomon, son of David, king of Israel built. It is not to be carried about on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord, your God and his people, Israel. Prepare yourselves by families and your divisions, according to the instructions written by David, king of Israel, and by his son Solomon. Stand in the holy place with a group of Levites for each subdivision of families your fellow of your fellow Israelites, the lay people. Slaughter the Passover lambs, consecrate yourselves, and prepare the lambs for your fellow Israelites, doing what the Lord commanded through Moses. Josiah provided for all the lay people who were there a total of 30,000 lambs and goats for the Passover offerings, and also 3,000 cattle all from the king's own possessions. Oh, yay. More animal slaughter. That's back. (laughs) Tens of thousands, right? Yeah. His officials also contributed voluntarily uh, to the people and the priests and Levites. Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, the the officials in charge of God's temple, gave the priests 2,600 Passover offerings and 300 cattle. Also, um, Conaniah, Along with Shimeiah and Nathaniel, his brothers, and Hashabiah and Jael uh, and Josabad, the leaders of the Levites, provided 5,000 Passover offerings and 500 head of cattle for the Levites. Wow. I hate uh, all these names. And then it's like Nathaniel. Nathaniel. <laughs> and Josabad. Jo- Josabad and Nathaniel. Mm hmm. <laughs> The service was arranged and the priests took in their places with the Levites and their divisions as the king had ordered. The Passover lambs were slaughtered and the priests splashed against the altar the blood handed to them. You, you know, do, do you think Josiah like looked at the laws of Moses and and how they're supposed to celebrate Passover? And he's like, holy fuck, did you know this calls for 30,000 animal slaughters? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Where are we going to find that? We basically live in a desert. (laughs) Hey, apparently they have plenty of lambs and goats. Because if they can slaughter 30,000 and still fucking have some, they're doing all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it from like the lamb's perspective. It's like we have not had a culling in many years. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Jinxed us. (laughs) Okay, so they were slaughtered, splashed the blood. This is the thing that's fucked up to me. The priests splashed the blood against the altar, okay, while the Levites skinned the animals. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the next line in the Laws of Moses. Oh, and then it tells us we're supposed to play with the blood and paint the walls with it? Mm-hmm. The fuck is this? <laughs> They set aside the burnt offerings to give them to the sub, uh, subdivisions of the families of the people to offer to the Lord, as it is written in the book of Moses. They did the same with the cattle. They roasted the Passover animals over the fire as prescribed and boiled the holy offerings in pots, cauldrons, and pans and served them quickly to all the people. After this, they made preparations for themselves and for the priests because the priests, the descendants of Aaron, were sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fat portions until nightfall. So the Levites made preparations for themselves and for the Aaronic priests. 
the musicians, the descendants of Asaph, were in the places prescribed by David. Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, the king's seer. <laughs> Jeduthun. Jeduthun. And I've- Heman. And he man, <laughs> I feel like Jaduthan is is what is is what um uh, uh Ryu I think it uh, was it Ryu maybe Ryu that does Hadouken except he's like Jaduken <laughs> Jaduthan oh Jaduthan sorry yes. Jaduthan <laughs> <laughs> the gatekeepers at each gate did not need to leave their posts because their fellow Levites made preparations for them. So at that time, the entire service of the Lord was carried out for the celebration of the Passover um, and the offering of burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord, as King Josiah had ordered. The Israelites who were present celebrated the Passover at that time and observed the festival of the unleavened bread for seven days. The Passover had not been observed like this in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel, and none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as did Josiah with the priests, the Levites, and all all Judah and Israel who were there with the people of Jerusalem. This Passover was celebrated in the 18th year of Josiah's reign. The other events of Josiah's reign and his acts of devotion in accordance with what is written in the law of the Lord, all the events from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And they look, you know, this this is all for today um, in regards to the story. So, you know, the, Josiah's reign is really looked at as a high point because they're, they found the, the book of the law. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to get back to what they should have been doing all along. Massive animal slaughters and worshiping God correctly? Yeah. Okay. So, next week, we know, as Jeremiah has already foretold many times, that it doesn't matter what the Israelites do, Mm -hmm. they will still fall. God will still bring his anger against them. Right. He said that many times and that's going to come to pass. Right. Okay. So next week, Assyria is going to fall to Babylon. All right. All right. Um, well, Babylonia. Okay. Um, the king's going to die and we're going to get a new king, which we kind of already talked about. I wouldn't have told you that, but I already spoiled it sort of. So Josiah is going to be killed in battle. Um, we're going to get a new king and he is going to be taken captive and kind of made into this puppet king where he is the king, but he's being controlled kind of like the deep state shit that goes on in the U S right now Mm -hmm. and how the apparent leaders really are not the leaders. They're being controlled by Trump from behind somehow. He's got his hand up Biden's ass and he's, I don't know. I'm not sure how that exactly works, but that's what I'm hearing on the, the dark webs, the IDW. IDW. I learned this term yesterday, the intellectual dark web. Oh, the intellectual dark web. Yeah. Oh, I mean, how? 
I wonder how you how do you access the dark web? Um, is it like the not, regular web? You just got to know which corner of the room to go to. No, I mean there's like a secret handshake and stuff. Oh, is there? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's going to be a prophecy. Uh, we're we're going to give so there, at the beginning of um, next week's uh, the the next lesson. Uh, we're going to ha- be in Kings and Chronicles again, two Kings, second Chronicles again. But then ha- about halfway through, we're going to go back into Jeremiah and Jeremiah is going to have prophecy um, and make predictions. And it's, it's the priests are going to confront him about the things that he says. Right. Okay. And he's going to be charged. Jer- Jeremiah is going to get charged. Yes. It's it does not go well for him. So oh, Jeremiah's getting fucked up. Yeah. But there is a defense, and we're gonna talk about what that is and how he's defended by others, etc. Okay? Okay. And then I'm not gonna tell you what happens to him, but there's another guy who was also a prophet and did the same things that Jeremiah did. But he things didn't really turn out well for him. He was killed. Oh no. Yeah. So I'm I'm really unsure why we don't have a book to this guy when we have a book to Jeremiah, but this guy was doing the same exact thing. Also, uh, it seems like is this guy like a legit prophet or no? Or I mean, if he was doing the same things as Jeremiah, preaching the same message, then he would have been a prophet. It seems so, but, like, I don't know. I have to wonder, like, what was their method for determining who was the real prophet and who was the false prophet? Or, honestly, if the people – I mean, before they got the book of the law, if the people would have even known that -hmm. there was a difference. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. That's where we are. So uh, that's what we're doing next week. Yeah, I mean, they never really speak about how people outside of the prophet would know whether or not the dude's a legit prophet. Yeah, they never talk about that. God. They do talk about the the punishment for listening to false prophets or for being a false prophet, but they never talk about the method for determining if a prophet is true or false. I, I think that it's if the prophet is saying good shit about you. He's probably a false prophet. <laughs> there ain't no good shit about you. <laughs> you know what's funny is that that's actually kind of how it's been. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's my point. The ones that preach fire and brimstone are usually rejected, and the other prophets are saying, "Oh, everything's wonderful. There's peace everywhere." Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, but also here's another thing to throw a wrench into this whole prophet game. Mm-hmm. How do we know that it's not God? You know, using like a. a uh, lies like because you remember that one time he used an angel or something like that to spread lies to all mm-hmm. of his prophets except for one prophet mm-hmm. uh, how do we how do we, how do you know it's not a situation like that like maybe all of the fire and brimstoney ones are lies from god and the other one is the one that's truly from god there's really no way Here, here's the crux of the entire issue you're never gonna fucking know and you're never going to do it right. Yeah. Well, which all of this kind of plays into current con- the current context of like the election and stuff because you got so many fucking prophets that were prophesizing that you know Trump was going to stay in mm-hmm. power and it kind of seems like these are lies from God now. 
Well, I don't think they, if you, if you've listened to some of them, they'll tell you that they sinned because they misinterpreted what God said. So of course it all falls on them. It's never going to fall on God because they can't, that doesn't jive with their whole God is perfect Mm -hmm. thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't jive with that. So it's obviously not God. It's them. If God's perfect, why would God lie? I mean, I don't know. I guess lying's fine. Yeah. All That's right. That's the moral of the story today. Lying is fine. <laughs> um, I, I, we, we hope that you guys enjoyed the podcast today, uh, enjoy, enjoyed the Bible study. Uh, if you will, please go down below. Let us know in the comments what you think about uh, today's lesson. Not about lying, but about Josiah and being naked and kicking down doors and kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you like this kind of content, make sure you subscribe and like. Yeah. And then, finally, don't forget... To stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all. <laughs>